I'm Cheryl. I'm Dan and welcome to our podcast. Where we're talking to real people about real problems in real situations. So grab a cuppa while we talk founder life. So thank you for coming on. Um, Start off, just uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, so I'm Cheryl, um, Cheryl Sharp, the founder and CEO of Pink Pig Financials. We are an accountancy practice for ambitious business owners um, who want more out of their life. So they want to do more of what they love with who they love. Um, and we use the accounts and our skills, knowledge and everything to get them there. So we don't just tick boxes for HMRC. <laughs> We're not your boring traditional dinosaur accountant. Um, and we do like to do some fun stuff. <laughs> and basically our big goal, main goal is to help our clients get reach their goals, what they want out of it. So yeah, we just use the finances to work out what they need to do and how and help them to get there. Okay, sounds very sounds very exciting. Um You've also got, I mean, it sounds very specific as well, like kind of the the bit about, you know, you're looking for ambitious people that match your needs and things like that. So you must have come on quite a journey to get to where you are now. Do you tell us a little bit about Yeah, uh, Yeah, it's been a huge eight-year journey. Um, <laughs> well, to be fair, we've known who our ideal client is for the last probably four or five years. It was just trying to make sure that we didn't just like ditch all of our clients basically because <laughs> uh, obviously when you've got salaries you've got to be careful you can't do that can you yeah, so, yeah so when I first started out my goal was literally just to cover like the bills and I didn't really understand niching excuse the dog or um, ideal clients or anything like that so although I kind of tend to gravitate towards other mums I pretty much would take on any client that needed anything mm-hmm. accounts related, um, which was great initially. Money started coming in, covered the bills, happy days. Um, but I was working a ridiculously amount of hours and never seemed to have any money still. So um, I then started working alongside and learning more about marketing and ideal clients and things like that. and then established who my ideal client was and funny enough it was along the family route um so we then started targeting families so businesses run by mums and dads or mums or dads um and then that was all fine for quite a while um started progressing really targeting who we wanted to target and winning those sort of clients and managed to grow take on more people so I wasn't working quite as stupid hours but obviously got to the same sort of position again and I started looking at the numbers and the figures and what sort of clients brought in what sort of money and things like that and um, at this point was working with sole traders and limited companies and when I looked at the figures after one very tough January, where I worked 80, 90 hours a week. Okay, that's not sustainable, is it? So. No, not sustainable at all. Um, and the other person in the business went off sick for two weeks, left it all on my head. It okay. was a case of this cannot carry on. So I looked at all the figures, that's what prompted me really. And then I noticed that... So, trader, sorry, can you hear that? Yes, all right. <laughs> this is the reason the dog is here. The plumbers are fixing my plumbing and <laughs> the radio. Um, so, yeah, got to the point where I looked at the figures and I realised the sole traders were bringing in around about 10% of my annual revenue. Okay. However, I was spending way more than 10% of my time or the firm's time on that sort of work. So I very promptly said, right, these all need to go. <laughs> and because it was like it sounds smart. like you made a, a good yeah, sounds smart. Sounds like the, you know, you made yeah. the right. um and I know we're upset a few people and to be fair, it was quite 
upsetting for me as well saying goodbye to some people that I'd worked for since the beginning of the company it was really like this is quite a sad thing but I knew it had to happen for us to be able to progress there's no way I could have carried on there's no way over the last few years especially that I'd have been able to do what I needed to do to support all of those people so yeah our client base went down quite quickly um but it was very quickly replaced by a couple of other limited companies which then meant that we had the time and energy to invest in those companies and carry on growing so again our target market changed again um and it's still evolving in a way really because we've recently discovered well not discovered I've always known but it's been more to the forefront of my mind that family doesn't just mean the traditional mum dad kids your family could be anybody who you count as family and like the lifestyle that you want to lead it's not just mums and dads that want that flexibility and that side of lifestyle it's other people as well for various different reasons so yeah we've kind of tweaked our ideal client slightly so it's more the family family that you make for yourself and that and we've really really honed down it in the last few years we've kind of parted ways with everyone who doesn't tick all of the boxes either just we've said no or they've naturally the relationships have naturally come to an end so now we are fully committed to being 100% of our client ideal client base and did a huge repricing exercise as well <laughs> as it last few years <laughs> um <laughs> which felt bad re-COVID, but it's paid in dividends really because now we are servicing our clients at the right level to be able to give them the service they need and deserve to get to where they want to be. It all comes down the wash, doesn't it? It does, it does. And now we have less clients that we do more for, so therefore high fees, but we're able to give them more time and dedication for that. So, yeah. Uh, that sounds it sounds like an amazing journey to be honest and and a lot of learns along the way huge um, amount of learns and I'm still learning now there's so much still that I'm still learning and stuff to explore and stuff to come in the future but I feel we're ready now to start that scaling journey which is where we're at it sounds very exciting as well and I like the fact that you say about um we kind of hinted and alluded to the fact that um you kind of don't take on people that don't match um, your ethos or accept how you like to work. And I think that's really, really important. So along that journey to learn everything that you've learned and the kind of the outcomes you've got, then I suggest I would probably think uh, you might have had some failures along the way. So um, what would you suggest your biggest failure was and what did you learn from that experience? Definitely not believing in myself and charging enough. That was a huge failure but one I needed to make to be able to learn from um so yeah that was a really big one I didn't charge anywhere near enough in the first instance to cover my time let alone overheads software costs and everything else so that was a really really huge learning curve and valuing myself because I would look around at other accountancy firms and think I can't charge what they're charging I'm not really it was good as them and then I'm just like what on earth are you telling of course you are but it was having that confidence in myself and everything and understanding that me not valuing myself and charging enough caused problems in other areas because I wasn't earning enough to be able to afford to take people on to be able to deliver the service I wanted to deliver so yeah that's probably been the biggest fail but biggest learn at the same time okay well that sounds comes quite in depth it sounds like you went on quite a journey personally with that as well god yeah I had to look at my own demons while I had own personal stuff going on but why I didn't think I was good enough why all these different things were in my head and yeah it was quite quite deep for a while I remember going on um a masterclass that um James Ashford who runs Go Proposal the software we use for our proposals he did a masterclass must have been about this time last year 
um, all about repricing and charging what you're worth and everything. And I remember it was a sad morning and I'd got up late anyway. So I didn't turn the camera on because there was me in my pyjamas and, you know, counter, she shouldn't really be unprofessional sitting there in your pyjamas on a Zoom call. Um, <laughs> but very quickly... I realised actually it was probably a good point because I sat there sobbing for a good half of the session, having to look at all of these different things about myself, my confidence issues, why I didn't think I was good enough and a huge amount of self-development in that as well. But I'm glad I did the work because it really, really, really helped in all areas of the business, not just the pricing. It's given me extra confidence. So, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so you think it's really helped you to, to oh. forwards and, and grow the business? And yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the me you see now is not the me you'd have seen at the beginning eight years ago. There's no way on earth I'd have even come on a Zoom call, let alone a record it and I get as a video <laughs> or talk to somebody about my journey or anything. So, yeah, it's been long journey <laughs> and it's still not over yet I've still got a lot of confidence issues to work on but I now can see it and I know now what I need to do to push through it and just go well, I think we can I think everyone even the people that come across the most confident can sometimes can struggle with confidence um at, at certain times and in different situations it's just uh having the guts isn't it to make that first step it's um yeah, and it's recognising, um, like, imposter syndrome. I always used to say I suffer with that all the time, but listening to a lot of people, podcasts, reading about it and everything, and my business coach um, has helped me to re- see that actually imposter syndrome is good to a degree, obviously, as long as it's not crippling, it's good because having those feelings means that you're pushing yourself and you are outside your comfort zone and you are growing and learning and improving yourself. If you went into the room feeling you was good enough all the time, you'd never push yourself. Mm. So having those feelings, and it's about using those feelings in the right way, isn't it? Yeah. The amount of times I've had to give myself a talking to because the whole imposter stuff starts creeping in and then I'm like, no, you are you are entitled to be here. You are okay to be here. You are good enough. You're just as good as all these other people or whatever it is I'm doing. Um, and then afterwards, achieving it, you know you've really achieved it, if that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. It makes absolute total sense. Has it made you kind of reevaluate how you see and perceive things so something that you um you may have taken uh, within your business i may have taken as an insult in, in the past now you look at it slightly differently maybe yeah there's a lot of things like um learning not to take them personally big thing because you can't mm. <laughs> i would before if i just got one like little funny comment or something or I read into something too much I'd overthink think the worst think the business is gonna fail <laughs> have to go and get a job and all these things so yeah not taking things personally but also as I said like to push myself and to grow and to not take everything to heart and just because somebody doesn't put something in a fluffy way in an email doesn't mean they don't like or value or anything like that it's just it's them it's not me <laughs> that was a huge learn, and that was something that we learned a lot of um when it comes to like all the disc profiling yeah learning other people's styles really helped to understand where they was coming from so like a d a dominant type of person before i'd have thought they'd be blunt they don't like me or they don't appreciate or all these things would be going through my head whenever I got a message from them or an email but now I know that's just their style and now I've learned to take that step back and not take it personally or thinking about it and it's just it's them I don't know sometimes I could probably be blunt or something in an email it's just because I'm getting out what's in my head and sending it but I now know that I don't need to sit there and overthink and 
we email them and go, yeah, I didn't mean this. <laughs> or I didn't mean it that way. Because <laughs> they don't take it personally either. It's just that's what it is. <laughs> this as well, it's like when you said at the start about how you you built your business and it almost around having like-minded clients and like-minded people that follow your ethos so I think you've probably got that understanding where everyone just understands each other and understands that no one's being rude or insulting anyone it's just they're communicating in the most quickest and effective way that they possibly can yeah and I think we've again we've spent a lot of time on that the last year or so is because obviously as the team's expanded clients still only have that relationship with me so we've had to invest a lot of time in the girls building those relationships with clients as well so that they see them, they speak to them. And it's not just over email. They actually get to do like video calls and get to know them. So we've changed a lot of our procedures around that so that those relationships can then be built up. So, um, uh, but I think, again, it's just understanding and you don't know what you don't know. So you can't kick yourself for not knowing it all at the beginning you learn it as you go along and as long as you make something out of it so you learn something from it even if it's not a mistake as such you just learn that actually all right we could do this better and it's just going to help progress your business and your own self-belief and confidence and everything isn't it Mm, definitely I mean just kind of going on from that uh, from what you've just said there then with this whole this very positive change of perspective and, and, and more un- better understanding of of maybe how people communicate and what's going on. What what is an insult you might have received in the past that you're proud of? It's definitely that I'm too nice. We're <laughs> <Although laughs> not an insult. Insult is it? Um, Oh God, you've thrown me there. I'm trying to think what I've had. Wasn't trying to do that. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, the too nice is always is always one that I get. And I still get it now actually, like where I've done things with the team. And to be fair, I think I was too nice and I got walked over in the past. But I've learned from that and now I'm nice in a different way. But yeah, a few people have said that I'm too nice with how I treat the team, but it's a team of mutual respect. So I value them and I want them to know about it. So I do treat them. <laughs> and in return, they do a bloody good job. <laughs> Excuse my French. <laughs> um, so, you know. I really call that French, but that's why. <laughs> you know what I mean. Excuse um, my language. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's that. I guess. The other insult that always sits at the back of my head is like, I'm not good enough or I'm not never going to get anywhere, which all came from a certain person, mm-hmm. but it spurred me on to prove them wrong. So I guess, yeah, it is meant as an insult and to keep me how they wanted me, timid and shy and reliant, but it's had the opposite effect really because it spurred me on to be good enough and make something myself and be successful. Oh, I think yeah, sounds like it, well, it doesn't sound like it is an amazing journey that you've gone through to get yourself to where you are. So if we kind of think about that then and where you've come from and to, if you could go back and give your 18 year old self one piece of advice, what, what do you think that would be? So part of me would be stay away from a certain person <laughs> and, and maybe go down the accountancy route a bit earlier. Okay. But I honestly believe that if anything was different, I wouldn't be where I am now. Hmm. And as much as I've gone through a hell of a lot of stuff, it's made me into who I am now. So, yeah, there's, I guess the only piece of advice I would say is it will be worth it and you will get there. <laughs> Just don't give up because and use, use it to your advantage. I think that's really powerful and amazing what you say about it. don't give up. 
because you just I think people can be you know give something go then give it a go again and then maybe give it a go again it doesn't work those times but you you are you could just be that one more go away from making something yeah well there's that um meme isn't it it goes on the random social and there's the two two blokes with the axes yeah underground and yeah one's given up when he's like that close to the diamond or whatever it is I can't remember the gold or whatever it is and it's just like that is so true you just never know how close you are and it could just be one more thing you need to do and you're there Mm. um but yeah just if it's what you want obviously there are times when you have to be realistic about stuff it's not flogging at all as the saying goes but even then there's ways around it and giving up isn't always the right the only option there could be other things that you're not seeing so then it's kind of who do you need to speak to 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 give get that perspective and advice from we've got it soon we've got a client who thinks they need to give up and I said no there's ways around it let's hold the brakes think about it put some thought in of options and then we'll have a call and we'll look at the options from a different perspective and just having somebody else look at your situation will give you a different perspective on it so yeah that's important that is important it's important isn't it and it sounds like um it's important rather than kind of giving up maybe we need to take a step back learn and evaluate from might what might have gone wrong uh, rather than giving up and then give, re-engineering and giving it another go exactly. um, it's like reflection and reflect reflect and review okay throughout from everything you've talked about so far you've mentioned um a few people within it uh, that, that sounds like that might have had quite a big impact on your life so who are the three most influential people in your life and how have they impacted you? Um, husband now has got to be at the top. Bless no. him. <laughs> he, um, <laughs> he helped me to see my worth, I suppose, and give me that confidence to push forward. And he always believes me. Even when I go to him with some really stupid, ridiculous, crazy idea, he's my biggest cheerleader. And he'll champion me and he'll do whatever I need to do. He's he's always me to the point where see he gave up his job to help us both focus on the business and move it forward. Um and give me what I needed basically to be able to do that. Um so he's definitely the biggest one. Um my coach has been a huge influence. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought I didn't need a coach. <laughs> and uh, what stupid idea that was. <laughs> um, Easy to say that when you don't have, have one, isn't uh, it? <laughs> definitely. Um, so I've been working with my coach, I want to say a year, but maybe more than a year, actually. And the confidence and the insights she gives me and the the challenges the way she challenges me is I couldn't do without her now (laughs) I think it was only meant to be a short course of uh, sessions but I said to her like you're my worst permanent staff now I can't be without you (laughs) (laughs) um and every time I go into a session I think oh maybe I don't need her anymore and then I'm like yeah I do (laughs) (laughs) so um so yeah that's um and then I don't know who else there's so many business people that I look up to both in the public eye and like close personally that I look up to I couldn't name any one other person because there's just too many that have helped me really on my journey and yeah, it's not fair to single anyone else out <laughs> because they've all been brilliant. And even the ones that haven't been a positive experience have in a way shaped me and pushed me forward. So, yeah. Sounds, yeah, okay. There's some Certainly some uh, interesting and personal choices there. I think the business coach, obviously, fam- having 
family that support you and are on your side and pushing you uh, to achieve what you want to achieve, I think is always massively important. Oh, it is. You need to have somebody, even if they're not full on cheerleaders, you need somebody who's supportive and not draining because you can't have that influence. In your, it's just going to bring you down, isn't it? You need somebody. They don't, as I said, they don't have to be your biggest cheerleader, but they just have to believe in you. Yeah. I think that's important I think the business coach is another uh, amazing example because it's just another probably example of of that support uh, another thought you know another soundboard to sound things off of and also yeah. and I, I went a slightly different route so a lot of other accountants have got like um, coaches within the accountancy space and others have got business coaches I've gone for a life and mindset coach mm. which 90 five percent of our sessions are all business related but a lot of it is the mindset around all of that and without having the right mindset never gonna happen yeah i think and that's that's important it's important to have the right right, right mindset to move forward yeah thank you for going through um that in a lot of detail it's really interesting actually and thank you for sharing um some some of your real personal lessons and um it's really insightful thank you i could go on for hours so yeah, carry on <laughs> it's good to <laughs> the video is yours <laughs> <laughs> no but thank you um i think uh yeah i think we could learn a lot from that first part so <coughs> what i'm gonna do now is before i cough my guts up <coughs> sorry let's move on to something a bit more uh, light-hearted so some of these questions <coughs> sorry here I go again there you go hopefully that solves the problem uh, these questions are a bit we'll just go for a bit more of a light-hearted section so let's start with if you could live anywhere in the world where would it be you already know the answer to that one. I do. I don't know why. I'm, I tell everybody. <laughs> I press. <laughs> um, in lovely, sunny Paphos, and I don't actually even want to look at the weather forecast for Paphos today because it's going to be a hell of a lot nicer than it is here. Um, yeah, no, Paphos has caught caught our hearts. Is that the right way of saying it? Touched our hearts. Um, we fell in love with the island three years ago. Actually, it probably was almost three years ago exactly because we went out in Easter holidays was our first trip out there together. Um, and just fell in love with the country, really. The climate, the people, the way of life. <laughs> it was just, yeah, we just fell in love. And then we found the ideal location where we knew we'd have the lifestyle we wanted so which is an Aphrodite hill <laughs> on a golf course with horse riding and a pool and football stuff for the kids as well it's just got everything there um and because the way we want to live out there for a little while we'll be backwards and forwards and I'll be there on my own and stuff like that it's all in a like an enclosed, not enclosed, but it's like a complex. Everything's there, so you wouldn't have to leave. So if we're there for a short period of time, we know we haven't got a faff around trying to find a supermarket to get stuff. It's all there. And if I'm there on my own, it's patrolled, there's security. So, yeah, it's all secure and lovely. And it's just so pretty. And views are out of this world. <laughs> You're not making me envious at all. All right. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I say that, um, really sad. I'm going off subjects a little bit. But you say about uh, Aphrodite Hill. I was watching something on YouTube the other day, and one thing, you know, you get the adverts that come up in between it. One of them was Af of Aphrodite Hills, and uh, yeah. So, so I immediately thought, this is Cheryl's fault that I'm getting this advert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <right, yes. laughs> Yeah, but uh, we spent some time out there over Christmas because we thought if we still love it in the winter, mm. then it's hard to love anywhere like that in the summer, isn't it? Let's be honest. Bit of sun, 
and heat and <laughs> you can love anywhere more or less but um yeah the fact that we went there in the winter and we had a couple of really gray rainy days and we still absolutely was on cloud nine loved it just proved to us we know exactly the road we want to live in we know exactly the house well more or less the house there's two or three different styles we know which we'd like one of them it's just mm-hmm. what's available at the time when we come to to get one so yeah one day we'll get a villa and i'll live between the two countries and eventually I'd like to relocate and the beauty of what i do is it's all remote anyway mm-hmm. so i can live and work to my heart's content i'm just turning my notifications off <laughs> um and yeah, it shouldn't affect the day-to-day running of the business at all. Even the time difference isn't an issue. Um, and we've proved it because Ellie's been travelling the last year and a bit now, I think it is. And all right, first of all, she was travelling the UK, but then she's been in Poland. She's been in other parts in Europe. She's now in South America. And it works. All right, I know there's more of a time difference at the moment, but it works. So why not have that lifestyle while working? No, it sounds sounds pretty amazing, to be honest. (laughs) Sounds like you you thought about it a lot, Um, which probably means (laughs) that you've probably uh, got the answer and and thought about the next question a lot, which uh, if you won big on the lottery tomorrow, what would you spend it on? See, this is, yeah, me and James love playing the lottery game. (laughs) Obviously, the first thing we do, well, not obviously, but the first thing we do is go somewhere hot and sunny, maybe further than Cyprus, to Ooh. give us that real remote car, <laughs> but to go and plan. <laughs> Although, to be fair, I think if it ever happened, by the time it happened, we'd have most of them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, personally, place in Cyprus, we'd be able to go and get that, the exact ideal villa we wanted dream villa job done probably wouldn't move at home i love my house mm-hmm. um but then i'd want to do we wouldn't want to do obviously we'd probably go and buy treats treat the kids friends family etc make sure everyone's comfortable and happy and everything but then what i really would love to do is set up pink pig foundation which would be for women, men, families escaping domestic violence situations. Um, some kind of, depending on obviously how big the lottery win was, but let's say it's a big one, some kind of refuge, safe place for them to be. Um, and then the ideal part of it would be helping these people then get back on their feet and giving them the confidence and the ability to set up their own business so that they can then become independent. I think that's when you've been in that situation, one of the biggest things that you lose is your independence. So being able to give that back to somebody, I'd love to be able to do that and then help them set up their own business, invest in that business, give them the startup capital they need and so forth and have a team of people that can work with them on things like mindset getting their confidence back the practical side of things because you're going to need the practical side of getting your life back on track and buying a house and all that stuff um or getting somewhere to live long term not necessarily buying a house but all of that sort side of it and then yeah making giving them that chance to start again and have that for themselves that's what I want to do it's very detailed and very very inspiring to be honest yeah um, I think I know the thing is I know what it's like so I know how it feels and how how much of an opportunity that would give somebody to give them that independence but then not be, and this is another thing, is 
I didn't want to be reliant on anybody. So to be able to have the ability to be reliant on yourself and grow and see that you are good enough and worth it and to be able to help somebody achieve that, that'd be amazing. I'd like to think that in some ways I'd be able to do part of that anyway. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of already been in talks with a few people about potentially how we could work and how we could do it. It's a long-term thing, but obviously if we had a lottery win or some funding, oh, my God. <laughs> That'd be easy today. It'd be a hell of a lot easier to do, yeah. and I'd be able to do it a hell of a lot quicker. So, um, so, yeah, that's what I would do. That's amazing. That's amazing and pretty inspiring. And it's really <clears throat> it's really um, nice that you can, you're kind of doing helping people with something you can relate to in terms of, like, you've said about helping with confidence and things like that so um building that confidence starting a business which is everything that you can relate to yeah um the detail that you have gone into with the lottery win and the um, where you'd like to live in cyprus and all these different things um, <laughs> would probably suggest to me that there are probably some things in life that probably irritate you a little bit so what's your biggest pet peeve maybe we're gonna ask for this <laughs> <laughs> my biggest pet peeve is people who use things as an excuse I can't do this because and probably one of the biggest ones that I've seen and that really grates my whatever the right phrase is is using your children as an excuse I can't work because I've got kids or I can't have a business because I've got kids well that's just an excuse you're putting that barrier in the way and don't get me wrong before anyone listening to this goes oh but what about my situation like granted, if you choose not to do something because of your kids or you can't because you're a carer or something like that, then that's fine. That's not you're not using it as an excuse. It's a reason. It's those people that would rather sit on their ass and do nothing. It's not going to be no popularity here. Is it? <laughs> it's, it's, it's the people that just use it as an excuse. I mean, I remember and this stuck with me for years. Somebody turned around to me once um, who was in a much more fortunate situation than me because they had help from family they had all the childcare they needed and they turned around to me and said well it's all right for you you've got a career and I'm like yeah right I've got a career I've got a profession that I've worked my ass off for that I'd be sitting up to silly hours studying to take my exams all weekends everything I'd send my kids to the childminder so I can go and take my exams. So I'm paying a childminder to have the kids before school, after school, so I can do my exams and stuff. I've never once turned around and go, oh, I can't do that exam because I've got the kids. I found a way to do it. And that, yeah, that's got to be my biggest pet peeve because if you really wanted to, you'd find a way to do it, just like I did. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure there's people in a lot worse situations than me that would find it harder to find that solution. But there are solutions. And just to say I can't do some mixable kids or can't do some it for whatever, it's an excuse. And you're putting that barrier in front of you. So yeah, that's my biggest pet peeve. So is it is it just it's just the fact of excuses in general? Yeah, I guess you probably could take it that far. It is excuses in general. But specifically, the amount of times I've heard people go, oh, I can't do that because I've got kids. I'm like, well, I'm living proof. I had nobody to help with childcare. If I needed childcare, I had to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And I did it. <laughs> so it's, yeah, stop putting those barriers in your way and find a way to do it. <laughs> If that's what you really want. If it's not really what you want, then hold your hands up and say, it's not for me. I'm happy with what I am. But then don't moan that you're not where you want to be. Yeah, I think that's the important one as well, isn't it? So it's also when people making these people make excuses and stuff about these sort of things, asking yourself, is this 
<clears throat> is this really what what I want? You know, it's a bit like I suppose you could go all the way down to the fact of it's even going to the gym. It's um, if you wanted it that badly, you'd go to the gym. You wouldn't just say, "I'm going to go to the gym next week." <laughs> if you wanted something, you want if you wanted that that healthy to be fit and all that sort of stuff that badly, you, you'd you'd go and do it. So. Oh, exactly. Well, it's even that. I mean, this I, I don't want to go to the gym, and I never would say I can't go to the gym because of anything because I just don't want to go. And I would say, I don't want to go. I don't enjoy it. But I did go through a phase where I did want to, and I struggled because I said kids, no childcare, etc. Um, and me and a few of my friends, we found a trainer that would come to my house of an evening. Once the kids were in bed, they'd come to me because they had childcare, and we'd have the workout with the trainer at my house. And because it was split between a few of us, it was a lot cheaper. So we found. And we found a way. So yeah, it is. You will if you want it that bad, you'll find a way to do it. That's yeah, it. That didn't last very long because I didn't want it. <laughs> and I'm too lazy. <laughs> well, at least you say that though. At least you say that. Um, yeah, too lazy isn't the fact of like physical physical whatever their word is, physical doing stuff. <laughs> yeah, oh uh, yeah. That's to say you do you you like you like your golf, don't you? So you yeah, much change. And that's a really good for me. That's my it's not it is exercise, isn't it? But for me, I was it's gonna say walking around for four hours is 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 a lot of exercise. <laughs> it's a mindset thing. I can turn the phone off, the girls know that I'll be available later in the day, and I can just be present in the moment. All right, my mind wanders and I start dreaming and thinking, but it gives me that opportunity to do it. Which is I do I do kind of understand where you come from with the excuses um yeah I, yeah a bit sad my pen says it my pen says excuses breed no genius so I I share the same same peeve as you do um okay so just kind of moving on from there Obviously, you've been on quite a journey. You must have gained a lot of knowledge and industry knowledge and expertise. So what's one thing your business taught you that you didn't expect it to? Um, I guess, in a way, I didn't expect business or having a business and running one to teach me that I can do it because you kind of think it's like well if you are doing it then of course you can do it but I think that was very unexpected to kind of realize that and if I hadn't have done that I hadn't set up the business and just stayed employed or whatever I don't think I'd ever would have had such a huge step forward is in my confidence and everything because I'd always be working from somebody else and there'd always be that barrier and limit so I'd say running the business has opened my eyes to so many things <laughs> so many things I didn't think I'd need to do as business owner or as an accountant should I say I always saw myself as an accountant not business owner and I've had to flip that massively to I'm a business owner first and an accountant second so learning all these different skills marketing the admin I was all right with to be fair but marketing selling I knew I'd have to learn that but not to the degree that I do um leadership I never expected to have a team as big as I've got now and growing and the importance of like culture and things like that I never never even thought about in the early days but I thought running the business was more like you make money pay your suppliers and that's it <laughs> you do what you say you're going to do I didn't realize there was quite so much else to it so there's not one thing really that I've learned unexpectedly it's a huge amount of things I think but it's been great <laughs> I think that yeah, a lot. I think we all can fall into that trap of um, thinking that 
there's other there's not other things that you need to do when you run a business um there is there's loads and it can get out of hand oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think we may need a whole other episode on that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I think, yeah, things can always grow arms and legs, isn't it? So just kind of thank you for your time. It's been going on, uh, you know, and your time. But I've got just two more questions that I think people might find a bit interesting. So you've alluded at the start, you said quite a few things about um, dinosaur accountants, which is kind of the same uh, frustration I have in my industry as well. So look, I'm, I'm with you on that. But what is is it particularly that that frustrates you most in your industry, or is there something? Yeah, I mean, there's such a perception when you say accountant, you think older man in a grey suit, boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably also think just brings bad news because they're delivering tax bills and doing the tax man job for them. And I think that is the perception of the industry. And that's what I would call dinosaur accountant. Um, but there is another, there's such a better way of doing it. And I'm not saying that my way is the right way or the only way. There are so many other ways of doing it. But the way we've found is the digital way. So we are fully digital. We don't do paper, not paper. Um, and we find the most simplistic way of doing things because you're a business owner you ain't got time to be faffing around doing it in the long ass way you want it simple and easy hmm. and dinosaur accountants don't do simple and easy in tech so <laughs> <laughs> generally by that nature they're going to be long-winded and boring and oh just hell frankly so yeah we like to think we are far away from the dinosaur accountants as you could possibly get and doing things in a fresh, even fun kind of way. And yeah. Well, the world's changing, isn't it? And people that don't know. It is. Like, I guess in some respects, we are lucky that we are in an industry that is forward thinking and that doesn't have too much red tape. So I know I've got solicitor friends yourself as well, where there's a lot of red tape and you can't move forward as quickly as we've been able to. But at the end of the day, you've just got to grab these opportunities and go for it. And if you think something's a good option, then try it out and see. Um, I always say, don't use tech for tech's sake. Use it to solve a problem. That's what technology is for. It's to solve a problem, not just to have all these million and one apps on your phone. They're <laughs> just going to create problems. So, yeah, I've, we've always been very wary of not overloading with tech because you don't need to just need to make it simple which is one of our values simplicity keep it simple it's um text there to spoke, apparently to make our lives easier so exactly so that's what we want it to do not make it <laughs> then lastly which is one that we always close with as you know what's the one question you wish i'd asked you and how would you have answered it? Do you know what? I don't know. <laughs> That's it. Okay. <laughs> what was? Well, we did all of these before and I thought about it. I was like, That's a really good question. And I actually had an answer for it. Now I've forgotten. Um, oh, what do I wish you'd ask? It's me? always easy when you're not put on the spot for it, though, isn't it? It isn't is, isn't it? When put on the spot. It's <laughs> when I asked you, I knew exactly what my answer would be. And now I can't remember. <laughs> Um, um my god this is a bit of a cop out i can't think <laughs> it's fine if you can't you can't right, what do i wish you'd ask me um da, 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 da. i think in a way i've kind of cheated because we worked out all the questions together haven't i <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you cheated, you copped out. Don't say it's uh, how much was the uh, villas on that advert you saw on YouTube, all right? Just say, because that's not a question you wish I asked. No, because I don't think I want to know. <laughs> they always lead with a really expensive one. Um, I guess. Who would I most like to meet in one? <laughs> I think you know the answer to that one. And I've yeah. kind of already half met one of them. Um, 
but everyone listening doesn't so go on okay yeah that's true so yeah there's two people in business that I'd really love to meet one of them is Stephen Butler who I had the most amazing opportunity to do so last month and when I actually came face to face with him I went completely blank and frankly <laughs> um Feel yeah weird. so I'd love to do over <laughs> um and yes very far if I go in on Dragonstone he would be the one I wanted <laughs> um and the other person is Karen Brady I've looked up to her for I don't know how many years I think she has been a role model for women trying to do things in men's environments we all know she's one of the or she's the what's you the first female in the football world at high level and um doing it with two kids and a brain injury or a brain condition she's had all that going on as well which I relate to with my stomach condition so yeah I have entered a competition so fingers crossed but I need to prepare a hell of a lot more if I win that because I cannot go fangirly again <laughs> <laughs> God, could you and imagine? It, sounds of it, it'll be a whole new level with Karen Brady. So <laughs> yeah, it may be. James does say that she's my woman crush, and I wouldn't go that far. But she in business, yeah, I've looked up to her for years, yeah, and yeah. that would be my ultimate. So fingers crossed, I win this competition, or find another way to get in front of her. <laughs> would she go? You'll have to go watch West Ham, and who wants to do that? <laughs> <laughs> she's pretty inspiring so I get that I do get that she is she is very inspiring yeah. yeah so well that's it thank you very much for your time thank you thank for sharing you. and thank you for being so open and honest mm-hmm. thank you it's been fun and yes I look forward to many a future podcast where we can talk about our stuff <laughs> <laughs> our views our opinions and obviously speak to other people as well and learn more about other people's journeys as well yeah looking forward to it be it'd be good and i think it'd be very insightful for people to listen to me too yep looking forward to an exciting journey ahead thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode if you did please like and subscribe and we'd also love to hear your feedback so please leave us a review or drop us a dm on our insta at found a life podcast see you in the next episode